I, I just want to say I haven't peed the whole time. <laughs> Impressive. Nick has barely peed all day. I pee a lot. Sometimes twenty times a day. Yeah, your wife said that <laughs> once to me. What? <laughs> Is that an insult? No, no, that was was a real thing. Welcome back to Musical Squares, where we four goofy squares sit in a circle and talk about music. All right, I'm Brett. I'm Nick. Dennis. Max. And today... We're talking about everyone's dad's favorite band, the Almond Brothers. Band. Well, yeah, not my dad. <laughs> my dad grew up in Yugoslavia. Almond okay. Brothers, specifically banned by the government. Who is your dad's favorite? Really? No. Oh, I was like, well, cool. It's <laughs> like, whoa. My dad's favorite? I don't think, he's not really that big of a music guy. It's just all like, you know, like Croatian polka. Yeah, it's just like polka. He's not my dad. He gets it mad wasn't my dad's polka. favorite either. Your dad was a Rob Zombie guy. He did love Rob Zombie. Nice. Yes, that's Rob right. Zombie and Tool. We just had about an hour-long like conversation about Rob Zombie for everyone. Here we are talking about the Allman <laughs> Brothers band. These guys, uh, just a little, I'm going to do a little background here. They were formed in 1969 in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, subsequently, they were based in Mason, Georgia. Is that how you say that? Yes. Mason, Georgia, yeah. <clears throat> Sounds Mason. right. Mason, good, good, good. How old were the two brothers when they formed? Um, boy, oh boy. <laughs> okay, let me do some clicking here. <laughs> okay. 1969 minus 1946. 28. 28. That's the older one. That is Dwayne Allman. Hmm. And he's right. saying Almond. It's not right. That's not right at all. 28. Wait, well, he said 1961? Huh? 1969 minus 1946. Max, what do you, oh. what do you think is happening right now? <laughs> I just kind of had an out of body. Why are you trying experience? to get experience? I was going to say because in a, what's his name? The the one brother died before he was before he was 28, right? The one know. who's dead. He died this. He died in 72. Listen, yeah. I want you guys to know my 71. 71. What I hear in my head. I'm not doing on the fly research anymore. I have okay. my one Wikipedia page pulled up, and that's all I'm going to click on. They were in their but early 20s. How about that? Yeah, they were. He was twenty four when he died. He was twenty four when he died. He was twenty when he formed the band. That's we'll say that. Wait, so that's nuts. He died in seventy one. What's nuts about that? To how young they were when they formed the band? No, when he died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. I mean, that's tragic. It was tragic. Yeah, we'll get into well, that. You, you said they were formed in sixty nine. Yeah, you've been twenty two then. In sixty nine. Yeah, because he died in seventy one. He was twenty four. How old was uh, Greg? No, Ryan, what's his fucking, I don't know. Was the summer of 69. He was on his mom's Adams? mom's front porch. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Adams? I don't know. Hey, I'd so like to move he, on. He died in 71. He died before yes. his album came out. <clears throat> My parents were born in 71. Maybe they had a piece of him. A piece of him? Uh, like, like spiritually? <laughs> no, just like, you know. It was a brutal death. Like he lived on. It was, yeah. Uh, Brian Adams, uh, I think he was making up things for the summer of 69 song because um, he was actually born in 59 and his life at 10 years old couldn't have been that eventful. It was a fictional All, story about yeah. a real Unless if he was like Tom Sawyer and he went on adventures. <laughs> he was it 10 was, years old and his friend got married from the band. How old was his friend? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? He, he could have been a talented kid in a band with older people. Huh? Marriage was That's different possible. in the 50s as well. 12 year olds getting married. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, dudes. Come on. Fun so it was a different time. This band was formed by Greg Allman, uh, Dickie Betts, Butch Trucks, J-Mo Watson, 
and did I say Dwayne Allman? No. Okay. I just That's love the, the I love the name Dickie Betts so much. All of those yes. names sound like they fit so perfect. So there were there were <laughs> there were two brothers Allman, uh, but the whole band are the Allman brothers. Mm-hmm. So uh, two drummers. That's love their kind milk. of an interesting love their thing. Milk. Barry Oakley on bass guitar. Very good. You love their milk? It's a joke. It's an almond joke. There's going to be a lot of nut jokes <laughs> in this one. So whatever. Um, yeah, so they had an album in 69, self-titled. They had a second album in 1970. Then they did a live release that kind of launched them into, uh, you know, the, the, the most successful level that they reached. And then uh, it, during recording this album, the leader, the main guy, Dwayne Allman, the, probably the most famous member, uh, died in a motorcycle accident. So, And that is where this album takes place. Basically, they uh, put it together in the wake of his death. And some of it uh, does include his contributions, and some of it is sort of, um, you know, I don't know, in spite of his passing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was recorded before and after his death. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's kind of an interesting album in that sense and half of it three three of the tracks are live and over half of the album's length i would say is live uh sort of outtakes from that live at fillmore east that's um i wanted to talk about that later is if the reason why they included live songs is because they were the uh songs intended for the album but they were the only performances they had that had Dwayne on them still I think, it, and that's the reason why they went with live tracks. I think that it was probably a combination of them wanting material. Like, I mean, at Fillmore East was so successful, and they had a. They said they had like an extra album's worth of material. Yeah, there's a deluxe edition of that where it like doubles the album's length. Yeah, hmm. so I think they just kind of after Dwayne Allman died, they were kind of reaching for more material to cobble something together. And that's what this album, Eat a Peach, is. I mean, for for the live songs on this album, it wasn't like they solely put those on the record just to honor Dwayne. Like, they had already planned on releasing those in some way. So, I mean, it, it wasn't, they weren't like, their hand wasn't forced to release it because of Dwayne's right. passing. Yeah, that's I mean, I'm happened. sure that he already had an input on, like, how the album was going to be structured anyway, right? I mean, I would think if he played on some of it, I, working on it. I don't know. I mean, it. Does he I've sing? never I've never heard of an, an a full release album that is half live half studio like this. Yeah. It it almost seems like they wanted more of Dwayne Allman on the album. So they reached back and found, you know, kind of that's I don't know. I'm just like with how much material is. I'm not on clicking it. on more Wikipedia pages for oh, this. Yeah, no. it, I don't I don't think it was like that much of a rare thing to do half live, half studio, because like I think uh, it's easy top did it. Yeah. Uh Man, the band did it. Man, the band. Man, the band. Um, I'm sure other people that I'm forgetting. It like it, it was a. It seems in the 70s that that was a good like middle ground of like we want to do a live album, but like I'm sure the record companies were like those aren't really like hot sellers, so do some studio stuff too. Fair. Uh, just so everyone listening knows, we have no clue, so we're just kind of talking out of our asses on this one. Pure, pure, I, pure speculation. Can I ask a question real quick? Did Dwayne Allman sing? As well, no. or Greg Allman was the singer. Did they both play guitar? Greg Allman played the organ okay. for the most part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwayne Allman That's was because right, Dicky Betts was the other guitar player, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Dwayne Allman was really famous at this point because he was a successful uh, session musician. Mm-hmm. He was on um, Derek and the Dominoes, you know, Layla. You know, you know it. I recognize it. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. know Layla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And what was, uh, um, who, who did that Hey Jude cover? The Beatles. Uh, Wilson Pickett? Yeah, Wilson Pickett did do one. That yeah. was, he was on that. And that. Okay. Um, I, that was credited as kind of, uh, sort of, some people say it's like the birthplace of where like Southern rock kind of originated soul music meets like that slide guitar sound. Hmm. I don't know. I saw a documentary once. <laughs> was this album, uh, like more successful than the Fillmore release? Oh, I don't know. Do you want me to click on more? I feel like I remember reading that this was their best. Is this like their biggest far. album or something? I think I think Live at Fillmore East like kind of made them like into the big leagues. But if I had to guess, I would say the studio album sold better than the live album. I mean, yeah, I would think, but I could tell you it, it was an immediate commercial success. Peaked at number four on Billboard's top 200 pop albums chart, certified platinum, and remains a, a top seller in the band's discography. Hmm. So you know. Um, let's just let's just have it at that five stars on all music did you guys know that pop music is short for popular music no it is not it sure is yeah i knew that it's fine um (laughs) i knew i thought i I knew that bubbles (laughs) whatever what do you guys think of the album cover i love it i think it's one of the one of the funnest album covers i've ever seen it just makes me feel kind of nice it's cute and it's like a 1998 powerpoint gradient it looks like Pastel. the looks like the logo on a truck I'd see delivering outside of a hen house. Yeah, I like it. I it, it's got a very like modern art flavor to it, like very Andy Warhol. I like it. I could I can actually see that. I um, got nice colors. That was actually specifically why I got you that koozie. Why with that album cover? Because I loved it so much. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks for the koozie. That's my favorite koozie. I I saw that and I got really excited. Yeah. I think it fits the uh, kind of laid back nature of this album. You know, well. it looks like something Mama would hang on her wall. I'd say, yeah, I'd agree with that. She'd she'd hang it up right next to White Jesus. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> the Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. action figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got a lot of history with this band. Uh, it's a, one of the albums my dad bought me when I was first getting into music. Was their, I don't know, double disc greatest hits Mm -hmm. and we listened to it on a road trip i don't remember where we were going but so that already gave me some very you know kind of positive experiences with the band um and i don't know it's just kind of been i've I've loved them ever since they're a really diverse and interesting band and i i think they're i think they're misunderstood do you like um their later albums I, i i know up to like the late 70s so you haven't listened like i, I saw they, they released one in like 2002 or something was their last one they, that yeah they, they that, have they have a lot a lot of albums yeah their their swan song album is apparently very good hmm. so if you're a fan of the band it's worth checking out they had like a i think it was a new like guitar duo on there i don't think dickie betts plays on it yeah it's uh butch trucks nephew yeah it was like it was, it was some younger like southern rock band that was making waves and they're government like, they, mule yeah, that, that's I saw a documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they they plucked the guitar players from that, who apparently <laughs> did a an awesome job on it. And I haven't heard it, but it's apparently very good. Yeah, Derek Trucks. Uh, 
is I'm sorry, this is just this is just so out of my wheelhouse here. <laughs> so as soon as you said butch trucks, I was like holding my fist up in my mouth. What's wrong, like, with, what's wrong I, with butch trucks? I, I swear that uh, I swear that Dennis was about to be like, no, it was boots. <laughs> <laughs> boots played the bass on that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying. I won't be condescending or, or, or mean about that. I just think it, it's just funny. <laughs> Nick, do you have any experience with this band? Not really. Um, I know. I know the first album cover with the logo and stuff really well. Uh, I only know, iconic. I only know like two songs to be honest. That like I know are the Almond Brothers, like Jessica Ramblin' Man. I forgot about Ramblin' Man. Three what? songs, three songs. Uh, uh, no, the other one was actually Melissa. Okay. I, I know that song. You didn't know Blue Sky? Mm-mm, no. I, I, yeah, I I really don't know this band at all. Uh, Southern rock in general, not a genre I'm well-versed in. Not really my thing, but I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into whether or not I liked it or not. But, you know, it's a... Um, but I'd like to get into that label Southern rock and say, I don't know if that really fits... But let's not do that right now. Eh, you know, I mean, but yeah, no. I, I, long, long story short, I don't, I don't really have any experience with the Allman Brothers. Um, like I said, I know like a couple songs. I'm, I'm very ignorant to their music. So, tell me all your thoughts about this album right now. Concise. All you have summarized, please. Start. But yeah, um, yeah. No, we'll get into it. Uh, how about you, Dennis? Um, I'm a little bit familiar with the Allman Brothers band. Um. I had heard all the albums prior to this, including the live one. Uh, enjoyed them all. Um, very much enjoyed their their debut self-titled, uh, Whipping Posts. It's a great song. really love that one. Um, and I mean, I, the Allman Brothers are a band that I've known by name uh, maybe for like 15 years. Like They were just kind of like a pop culture thing. I just knew who they were. Um but yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the band, um, nice. and I mean I don't, I'm not going to get too into my opinion of this album because we'll talk about that later. But I'm I'm familiar with the band. I do enjoy them. Sweet, yeah. That's um, well. <clears throat> for me, this is another like with Nick. This is a band that kind of just because they're like an ubiquitous band. I know of them. I know the song Melissa. I know the song Blue Sky. Um. I, I recognize stuff from this album because this is one of my wife's favorite albums. Um, wow, but your wife just got really cool. Hell yeah, bro. But for the most part, <clears throat> this isn't my kind of music, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience listening to See, these guys. I don't have a type of music. I just like music. <laughs> um, well said. <laughs> but unless it's fucking Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> We here at Musical Squares take a firm stance you know, against Justin Bieber. F- can't spell crap without rap. That thing. Crap, can't spell. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That was from Greg Allman. Oh, yeah. That, you said that we, last time. I saw it on a documentary. He coined that that gem of a phrase. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. I'm I'm serious. You're serious? He yeah. said that shit? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was going to bring this I mean, up. After I was also album, 80. I'm, okay, not, I'm well, not surprised. Okay. I, can't I, spell if, if that's rap. one of his quotes. That's one of the worst quotes I've ever heard, and I was going to bring this up. That this is one of the worst quotes I've ever heard, and this is the famous one that I know from Greg Allman. That Southern rock was a d- redundant term, like rock, rock. Yeah. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, because his argument is that rock comes from the South, it's redundant to say Southern rock because that is where rock and roll is from. Period. 
Elvis wasn't from the South. Elvis was from the South. Uh-uh. That's oh, what do you I'll mean? Find out right now. Elvis was from Tennessee. Tennessee is That's upper the upper south. south. That's the South. Tennessee is is the East. I wouldn't. You not. don't think Tennessee is the South? <laughs> no. You guys are stupid. When I think of the South, I think of Georgia. I think of New Orleans. I think of South Carolina. I think a nice Pecan. Oh no! Hang on! No! 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 He he died in Tennessee. He was born in Mississippi. That's the South. Tennessee is the South. Memphis, Tennessee is the South. I don't think so. I'm just trying to make you. That's not something you can say that you don't think so. It just is. I'm just trying to be annoying at this point. Whatever. Yeah, that's not a good quote. You're right. It is. It's arguably arguably one of the worst. He's a good singer. He wasn't good at quotes. What do you think about Almond Brothers? (laughs) Um. I don't remember where we were, so how about I just restart and say that <clears throat> the Allman Brothers were a band that I've always known about, you know, because they're one of the most famous bands in the world. Um, <clears throat> I recognize the songs Melissa and Blue Sky. Um, I recognize bits of songs here and there because this is an album that my wife listens to a lot, um, but it's never one that I actively listen to with her. Um, so they're kind of like with Nick, they're one of those bands that's just on the periphery of my, you know, my knowledge. That's interesting that you say they're one of the most famous bands in the world, because I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think they're very big in the U S but outside of it, I don't think people really know who the Allman brothers are. Well, I'm uh, an American. So the U S is the world. I think they're pretty, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they're in the top, like couple thousand, most famous bands, a couple thousand. Okay. Yeah, thousand. sure. There are, there are millions and millions and millions of bands. They're got to, they got to be in the top one percentile of bands. I feel like out of every thousand people you grab off the street, you say, do you know who the Almond Brothers are? They'd say, sure. Yeah. Guitar Hero. You ever been to Europe? No, I've never been to Europe. They would know who the Almond Brothers are there too. I've been to Europe. Been what to is Europe? Europe? Uh-huh. Yeah, you've been to France, right? London, Paris, Barcelona. Did you ask them about the Not Almond France. Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paris is France. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I got to admit, I also, the Almond Brothers, for a long time, I had them mixed up with Hall and Oates. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Because of Oats and Almonds? Hall and All. Ah. Just, it just like coalesced to me for a long time. And when, when I, I listened to Hall and Oates. Tool and Nine Inch Nails, I thought I still will get them mixed up to this that, day. That's way more understandable. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I was listening to Hall and Oats. I'm trying to think. And I was like, oh. and morphing it into Almond Brothers in my head. I couldn't tell P. Diddy and Kanye West apart for a long time. They look kind of similar. Well... That's Hang on. <laughs> I think they, I, I mean, I don't really listen to that kind of music and they wore sunglasses. I feel like, I uh, feel like, well, huh? no, Kanye West has that crazy like jaw where he's like, yeah, I, I don't feel like Kanye's music was so much better though. I don't feel like they look alike P. at all. P. Diddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way you say, then P. Diddy? <laughs> like, You're right. Don't they don't know. really look too similar. <laughs> Kanye West Brett's is like, like I love Mo Money Mo Problems. <laughs> I like that. That's a good fucking, one. I like this cashmere thing at uh, on the Godzilla movie. That was terrible. <laughs> Have you heard Kanye West's like new stuff? It's like gospel music. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from it. Weird. <laughs> All right. So let's go. We're going to break this album down track by track. We were talking like about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, right? Almond Brothers Band, Eat a Peach. This. Emerson, uh, Lake, and Palmer Brothers. <laughs> the Arizona Palmer Brothers. Good one. <laughs> good one. Thank you, Dennis. So our format here we go track by track. Uh, just kind of give our general walk through this album. Then we will do the good and the bad. 
Yeah, give our strategy guide of the album. Yeah, we're going to do a walkthrough strategy guide. Strategy. That's right. <laughs> I don't need a strategy Gain guide. Gain a strategy guide. Why do I need a strategy guide? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this album starts off with Ain't Wasting Time No More. Nice little uh, nice little rock, uh, nice Charlie little rocker. Brown. Nice, <laughs> nice little rocker going on. Yeah, I, it is kind of Charlie Brownish. There's some peanut piano. Peanuts piano in there. I can confirm that. Uh, huh. Yeah, that is that is the first track. Yes. <laughs> yep. I was driving, so on my notes, it's ain't W dot dot dot. <laughs> Do you specifically listen to these albums while you're driving only? On the way to this. Oh. This is the only time you listen to it? This is on your this way here? One, this is the one you picked. This one I've listened to millions of times in my life. Okay. I mean, so I, I was just refreshing today. I'd like to actually cast out on the millions. Okay. okay. Dozens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so tell us about um, Ain't Wasting Time No More. Yeah. Well, apparently he wrote this song. Uh, well, the song was being written with Dwayne Allman, but then he passed away and it was recorded without him. Which I just found that out today. I think that's surprising because it's very slide guitar heavy, and that's kind of Dwayne Allman's sound. See, this, um, I I, I had that in my note as uh, it has the quote unquote signature slide guitar of the uh, that what I would say is just a you know my very limited knowledge of a signature thing in southern rock in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That the guitar work on this song is like the guitar work signature of this whole album. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting that it was not Dwayne Allman. Um, but, I mean, a, a lot of, like, Jessica, Dwayne Allman wasn't on that, you know. So, it's not necessarily, you know, they had a lot of life after Dwayne Allman. But it's interesting that that slide guitar, I always thought it was Dwayne Allman, but it's not. It's uh, The lyrics are actually somewhat about uh, Dwayne Allman's death, or at least inspired by it. He wrote it. It's kind of about, you know, live every day. I can see that. I it, can glean that just you from can the crash title. into a truck. This honestly goes kind of into this <laughs> honestly this honestly goes into my thoughts kind of overall, but I mean it's present in this song, so I'll go ahead and mention it. Um uh the uh vocals um on the recorded tracks, um not the live ones. Um very like calming and soothing. I don't know if that's like you know they, uh, they're not as like bombastic as I thought they would be, especially with how big of a fan you are of Greg Allman, like, uh, or at least like of his vocals, you know, and I've heard other stuff where he seems he's, like he's more belting out, but this is a lot more, uh, it's, it's like even on the songs where the tempo is, um, you know, a bit more upbeat, like kind of like this one's kind of like an upbeat tempo and it's, you know, kind of a major key sounding song, but it's, uh, the melodies are good and they're, um, but they're kind of melancholic a little bit. Like they sound kind of sad, yeah. you know, and like, and, and it's kind of it gives it a neat vibe though. It's a, it's more of a uh, actual. Um, I feel like it's almost like a theme of the uh, the recorded songs. At least it's like it's kind of kind of sad, but but hopeful a little bit, you know. Like I wrote I it down yeah. as as kind of funky yet calm. Yeah, yeah. Good. I I think, uh, and I didn't really know like the timeline exactly, like when exactly Dwayne Allman died in the process of this so i i kind of always just assumed he was on this album the whole thing uh so i mean there is that tone of sadness like when you listen to it like that and you realize that they are they they they're picking up the pieces they're they they're, they're literally in the grieving process yeah at least at they this had point, to sit yeah. down and said are we even a band anymore you know so 
Yeah, you can definitely I think you feel can that, that on a, on a lot of on a lot of this album. I think, and it's yeah. it's very present on this opening song, which kind of sets the tone for the whole thing. I think. Yeah, I think this is a really good, peaceful intro to the song, and I think it's. I, a, yeah, I mean, I liked it. It's, it's sets the tone for the song. It's easy on the ears, and it and it feels like it has like more depth than I was initially expecting. You know, yeah. I mean, like so. The lead guitar is great. I think that's kind of the the hook of the song you know is that slide guitar yeah I, the main thing that stood out to me on this song was uh how prominent the uh like the keyboards were yeah um mm -hmm. and i mean i might be, not be remembering this correctly but all the prior almond brothers albums that i heard it never seemed like the keyboard was in the forefront as much as it was on this song so like i know this from a documentary i watched after Dwayne almond died they had to fill in that that space after this album they got a piano player and there's a lot of piano uh, on the subsequent albums. But I think on this, you can kind of hear Greg Allman. It's like a Fender Rhodes electric piano. Uh, yes, that's what Wikipedia says that he played. Yeah, <laughs> Fender Rhodes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you have your Wikipedia page pulled up, Nick? I do. I don't. Oh, right. Nick. Get I'm that up Nick. on your phone. Um, <laughs> Max is literally reading the next album on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's interesting because, I mean, like, like you said, Dwayne Allman doesn't appear on the first three tracks. Um, and he is credited for slide lead and acoustic guitar, but none, none of the other members are credited for playing slide guitar. And there's, I, I don't see any like session musicians playing, which I wouldn't expect them to, but I wonder if the slide guitar is just like uh, credits wise being lumped in under Dickie Betts as lead guitar. Like maybe he also did a little bit of slide guitar. I uh, technically be the lead guitar on that part. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I weird. know. Uh, I don't know. I truly don't know. I my assumption was that Dwayne Alma didn't play on this track, but my assumption from yesterday was that he did. So I could be wrong on either account. I did want to say too. I did like the uh, on this song specifically. I, I think that the the highlight, um, besides the overall, uh, you know, tone and all that jazz that we were just talking about, um, uh, I really like the guitar solo in this song. Yeah, yeah. Dick, Dickie Betts is—he's a good guitar player. Yeah, I like uh, the, the guitar work on this album. Is very uh, kind of. I want. I almost want to say it's like prototypical for like this kind of like southern rock stuff, but it's very unique at the same time. It's lots of like kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's just good. I'll, I, I'll talk I'd, more I'd about agree. it later. I'd say for for southern rock, I'd say the guitar playing, the lead guitar playing, and just the Allman Brothers in general. I'd say for southern rock, it was exceptional. It's very it's Southern rock is like all lead guitar. Like I mean, the, I don't. This is getting into that thing I was talking about earlier. Like I don't really consider this like Southern rock as people think of it. Like Leonard Skinner and Molly yeah, Hatchet. It's like saying rock rock. That's like yeah. It's like <laughs> this is this is way more mellow. You can't spell Southern rock without other rock. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, like <laughs> those are say, the letters that are required. This yeah. is this Anyways. is really mellow, and like the guitar work is kind of like it, like searching and yeah, um, a little twangy. I think yeah, it's just it's unique. The, the the basically what I'm saying is the lead guitar playing in the Allman Brothers is unique among Southern rock. I I don't know because like Leonard Skinner and Molly Hatchet like had fucking awesome triple guitar playing lineups. I it, it is unique in that it is a different sound, but. See know. where I'm coming I from. I guess I'm splitting hairs. I mean, where I'm coming from, Dickie Betts, Dwayne Allman, their their guitar playing to me 
sounds significantly different than something I'd hear from like Atlanta Rhythm Section or Little Feet or ZZ Top. Yes. So to me, yeah, it's I, I it, it's it's unique and it's exceptional. Not to say that any of those lead guitar players in those bands are are bad or even like subpar or average or anything like that. It's just different. I mean, it. it I mean, being unique. It, I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I think. Yeah, and we're only on the first song, but these the 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 variation of the styles on this album alone are is unique and impressive. So, anyways, I guess we'll just we like this song, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I didn't really have anything bad to say about this one. It was a good. Uh, I don't want to say surprise. You know, I mean, I wasn't expect. I wasn't going into this album like expecting to, like hate it or anything, but. It was a bit of a surprise for me in the sense that, like, I was like, "Oh, there's there's a little bit more to this than I thought there'd be," and I I, I liked it, you know, like cool. I liked the tone it set. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Track two. Hang on. I do have a little bit of bad to say about this one. Okay. Uh, as much as I do like it as an opener and how mellow it is and enjoy the piano and whatnot, um, th- th- there's like a few like vocal deliveries from Greg Allman. That I really don't like. Like they don't like it when he goes. Oh no, no, no! There's a part where he's like running out the subway, Twain. <laughs> like I don't like that. Like, he just goes into baby talk for a second. Whenever like, they would uh, do that, like miss that part. Whenever they would do that, uh, the the break where he's you know like it's like the drums drop out. He'd be like hurricane or whatever. I'd always mm-hmm. make up my own words and be like yeah, plane. Yeah, <laughs> like he, 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 he mumbles a little bit and then he goes into baby talk for a second. <laughs> I um, didn't really notice that. I, I honestly, I barely understood a fucking word on this album. To be honest with you, I was like, but I wasn't nah. really paying attention. I was paying attention more to the vocal melodies than I was the words. He's I don't not. Know. He's not the most intelligible singer. Oh no, there's 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 a definite quality to these vocals where it's like this guy might be missing some teeth. What? That's me. He's got that kind of like the. He's got that triple X jug in front of him on his lap. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it gets that way a few times. <laughs> you know, I think he's. I just, got me my peach moonshine. He's emulating the blues singers of yore. He is, yeah, but those guys did sound like that, though. Yeah, sure. Rest in peace, Greg Allman. We can't be mean, mean to him. Greg Teeth missing Allman. Wait, Greg died too? Yeah, he died like two years ago. Oh, I didn't. Four, four years ago. Did you R.I.P., know, let me change my score. Dennis, did you know their guitar player died <laughs> in a motorcycle accident a year later? A, a year later and like one block away. <laughs> that fucking weird? Wait, which? Dickie, Dwayne? Uh, no. Dickie Betts? Barry Oakley. The bass player. Yeah, he died in a motorcycle accident. He also died in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, a year weird? later, like minus a week, one block away. A year later from Greg's death? From Dwayne Allman. What Dwayne Allman died yeah. in a motorcycle accident. Right. Barry Oakley died one year later in a motorcycle in a accident. motorcycle accident, like on the same street. They've got to learn how to drive motorcycles. <laughs> well, they they got to write their fucking city commissioners to fix that street. Then uh, something's fucked know, up over there. If both of them died within a year, they were probably fucking drinking or something. <laughs> well, they, it's the, like this this hellscape of a highway. <laughs> like, it's just Mad it's Max. It's a Mario Kart this, track. This, There's this, rocks falling. It's like road this rash. There's mi- guys with like spiked maces. <laughs> <laughs> turns into like this thin plateau, like up, leading up to this fucking mountain. <laughs> All right. There's like there's like there's like turbo strips and everything. Oh no no no! They're running on the subway, Twain. All right, track two is called Le Brere in A minor. Is it Le Brere or is it Le Brere? Le Brere's? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Le Brere. I'm going to say it like that and I'm going to hold to it. I don't speak French. I don't know. Le, Le Brere. Le Brere. Le Brere. Le Brere. That, that is 
I looked this up today. That's French for less brothers, and that's very sad. Oh, man, that just made that way sadder. (laughs) Did you just say that's French for les brothers, which is... Less brothers. Less means, like, fewer. Oh, I thought you were saying it was, like, the brothers. No, that'd be les. I thought he was being silly. No. it's, It's not, like... It's not proper French, but that that's what he was trying to convey. Dickie Betts. Truly sad. Yeah. That, that is sad. It, that, is, that makes it sad, yeah. And in A minor designates the key <laughs> structure of the song. Yeah, they were not they were not in a minor. I want to hear what you think about this one, Nick. Where's that place on the circle of hits? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but uh, um, I feel bad about the bad things I'm going to say about this. Um, so... Uh, this takes way too long to get going. Thank you, Nick. Um, yes. <laughs> I will 100% agree with you there. I wrote that too. I wrote down, sounds like the band is tuning up for three minutes and 43 seconds. <laughs> tuning up. That's a, that's a very good. Very I like good the intro. I think it. I hate extension. it. Dude. Absolutely hate it. It takes way too long. I, I will say, okay, let me. We're opposite on this and Godzilla 2014. <laughs> so let's not talk about that on this podcast, please. Um, anyway, um, uh, so let me just get my, my two. Um, my two bad things about this song because they're the same thing. This takes way too long to get going. And then I said my last note on this song was the worst thing is the three minutes of noise intro, then another minute noise outro. <laughs> like they do it again. That but is, like I will say, how about I, that meaty center though? Okay, the, 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 you mean the, the two thirds? You mean yes? Uh, so it's <laughs> the awesome jazz fusion so middle. I said, I said, uh, once it kicks in, his cool cantina band jam, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and the little keyboard solo run is cool and engaging. They play around with the melody a lot, and it never gets boring. Like they, like they do. Basically the same type of thing over and over again. I think and this it's, song fucking rocks. It's cool. What and and like I said, they, they do a little guitar solo jam thing, and they, they he like keeps the the theme notes in there, but he's like messing around with it. It's like that's really cool. I love but that bass groove. This song should have been boom, 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 half the boom, length boom, though. Boom, boom, like boom, I mean, boom. like it's just that 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 intro shit, dude. I was just like where the fuck is this going like the whole time like and then it's literally like half the song <laughs> just I, I think that's just the kind of the nature of this band i get it they wanted it, it feels like a jam bandy thing and uh, you're we're supposed gonna, to you're supposed to smoke a little a little weedy weed we're gonna get into Run that, that more later on with the we're gonna get into that more later it's in on, the words but, of the first song you're supposed to hear that and go oh oh yeah but i get that it says put aside your mind and just get high hmm there's a lot of immoral subject matter on this album that I don't oh, care yeah. for. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, That's I mean, like... It's just anti-Christian. That, that literally, that, that pretty much sums up everything for me is, uh, you know, it's it's just, there's a lot of unnecessary jam tune-up parts in this song. But the, the meat of it is cool, and I like it. But yeah, it's it does not need to be damn near, what, like nine minutes long or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's too. That's a bit too much for me. I agree, hundred percent with Nick. Uh, yeah, the t- in fact the intro section is so is so worthless to me. I mean, it's just not fun to listen to. It, the song picks up after that, and there's there's good lead guitar playing, and there's there's really good interplay among the band members, uh, specifically the percussion and the organ playing. I like how those work together. But this is the, I mean, on a lot of the. The tracks on this album, but this is the first one that really sticks out, is the double drummer situation. Like, I don't what? know if you listen with headphones. They have two drummers? Yeah. I noticed yeah. that just because I had headphones on and I realized that- um, They really groove 
together. Like it's it's I cool. Have no idea. And then they'll lock in for a fill, and then they'll both go on different. I also said it in the first minute of the podcast. Yeah, he did. I would I'm notice sorry. that sometimes because one would drop out and it'd only be in one headphone, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I was like, "Is this album you, mixed?" Just like or you'll terrible. hear one guitar going me me. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like this isn't right. <laughs> I, I will say, um, I'm not. I'm not overly fond about the dual drummer situation. I love it. I. I, I mean, it's unique. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a plus that I couldn't tell most of the time. It's. It's another thing. It's. <laughs> but just, it all, that also means like, oh, I mean, like. That's that's it's my the nature thing, of this yeah. music that you're just supposed to kind of drop out and like and, and no that's chill see, and groove see I I was listening to this album for the first time just like driving where it was a good background music it it's a very good background music album yeah I wrote but yeah if I'm focusing on it there's a lot of things I noticed that I don't really like and the main thing and Nick pointed it out like you don't really notice that there's two drummers a lot of the time and I did not listen to this with headphones I I, I would just say that. But since do I do, since I don't notice it, what's the point of the second drummer? Because it adds a second drummer. It's just a, it's a different thing. Listen to it with. I mean, you're supposed to listen to it in stereo, and you're supposed to hear the two drummers interacting with each other. I do listen, listen to it in it's, stereo. It's, like a, it's a second song in the song. If if you've ever <sighs> seen solely from Godsmack play his own drum solo, you'd get why two drummers makes a difference. Mm. Okay. 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 Very funny stuff. I thought that was going to be a bit more of a zinger. Nice little Godsmack reference. Um, anyways, uh, my take on this song, I'd like, as with the other three, barring Brett, his opinion, don't know it yet, I I love the the funky, jazzy middle of the Cantina Band. That's awesome. The beginning of the song, stupid. The end of the song, stupid. The overall feel of this song... <laughs> Listen, <they> just... <laughs> <laughs> Silently through the three This is stupid. <laughs> the overall, my overall problem with the song is that all of a sudden it feels like a different album. This sounds nothing like the previous song and nothing like the next song. This song sounds a lot like their second album. More of that album was jazzy like this. Okay, that makes that's, sense. That's kind of I that's like something that. that I'll get to in the overall. But this album is is kind of all over the place, and I think it's you know I, I, this song is very jazzy and. A lot of this album is not. So I might I like do that. that. I might like that second album then. Quite I a bit. feel like this song is placed in the wrong spot. This should have been. Like, I agree with that. Like it's a weird sixth, track too. That's for it sure. It should have been like the sixth or seventh song. I think. I this is one of my favorite tracks on the album, and I think the intro. I mean, I think it just says "fucking buckle up." It is long, but it's also like, I don't know. I think it's cool. Uh, I, I don't. I, have I love a, when the fucking bass guitar comes in. The first time, and it's just that group. I don't know. It's a sick. It's a sick. I don't have. I don't have a problem with like long-winded intros. It's more just like this one doesn't feel like there's like a point. Like I I don't know. Whoever said it sounds like they're just tuning. Yeah, for a while. It's that's what I get. It's it's just one of those things. Like I kind of get it. Like the vibe of like. And maybe they, I don't think they were going for this because I think that they were it's, one, it's, but I think that, the, you know, they're, they have a very jam band mentality. Yeah. And we'll talk about that more in a couple tracks, but like, that's the type of shit that those bands do, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I, and I get that, but like, it, it just, you know, for me, it just, I don't know, that doesn't always work. Um, but, you know, like I said, the, the meat of the song is fucking cool. If anything, that's probably like a, highlight for me on the whole album you know i mean like 
it was, um, yeah. for me, it was definitely a surprise. Once that, like you said, that bass line started and the drums start, this, and then the organ and the, it, it was, it was kind of a shock to the system. About this is the how song much I liked that, it. that like, uh, when people, when I talk to people about this band and they're like, yeah, you know, I, it's like Southern rock, whatever. I'll show them this song and, you know, cause it's just so different. It's, it's like, but they also do this kind of crazy shit, you know, cool, dark Latin jazz music. Cantina band. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that is. That makes sense. Yes, I get that. I just saw that big head fucking dude going. (laughs) You know that's called that's called jizz music. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, I've I've heard that before. Yeah, the musicians are called jizz whalers. (laughs) Hey, whale! Nice. (laughs) I don't think they meant to do that. Good job, George Lucas. Can we uh, move on to the best songs? Well, I think they're supposed to be called jizz. (laughs) (laughs) All right, track three, Melissa. You heard it, yeah. This is just, this is such a lovely song. Yeah. Beautiful. This song is just wonderful. It makes me feel nice. It makes me feel happy. This was the first song Greg Allman wrote as a teenager. What a talented Oh, really? Teenager. Good job. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he put it on this album because it was his brother's favorite song of his, of, of that he wrote. That's know? cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, like I said, this is the only song I knew on this mm-hmm. album going into it. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great, like, calm jam you know like i mean uh i I love this song the 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 word that comes to mind for me actually when i think of this one a lot and this is before i I, what Uh, i'm just waiting to see if you're going to say what i wrote down incredulous because i described it a certain way well it's less this is less of a description um and more just something that's really present in this song but um especially in the acoustic guitars but just a texture yeah. The texture is great um, on, on like all the instruments too. It's uh, they all know it doesn't, I don't know. It's hard to describe like, but when you're talking in like musician terms, like, you know, a lot of the time, like if you're, we talked about it with a uh, deep purple um, on the first episode where um, we were talking about how like, you know, sometimes like they would lay back and like, you know, everybody be holding back, like waiting to explode while the other one is like, you know, soloing or doing something. This is more just like, they're all laid back, but it's like just like completely on purpose, and it's just for the sake of the song, and it sounds really good. This is a, I've always liked this song. I, I've always thought it's been it's it's a good song, and like I said, the texture of it and just the calming nature of it, um, yeah, it's good. It fits the uh, the recorded material for this album very well. Obviously, I mean, this, that's that's what I like about this album. Um, not trying to skip to like overall thoughts, but I like these the recorded songs that are very calm. And they're mellow and they're kind of quiet and just measured and they're just very, very, um, they're just nice to listen to, you know? I like those a lot. It's got a lot of soul. Yeah. A lot of, uh, what's that, um, like... Gumption? Summer day type (laughs) type tone. Yeah, this feels like like, a warm summer day. Yeah. I agree with you, Max, when you said it's the best song on the album. I agree with that 100%. Um, But the way I described it, is it's got a really bittersweet atmosphere, yeah. That's perfectly captured by the song. I, I put that. I put yeah. the two, but it was the same note from the first track where I was like, "It's got that like such a sweet kind of sappy, it's a melancholy." But, but yeah, but the melancholic kind of tone to yeah, it, it too. It, like it, it's melancholy, but it's also like uplifting in sound too. Optimism. So yeah, bittersweet is the, the word I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know when that's, I was flipping through the dictionary. That's you know. that's literally that's that's literally how I would describe. 
most of the recorded tracks on this album. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I, I said in the first track, I'm going to be saying that a lot, but I mean, I kind of feel that way about all the recorded songs on this album, like the minus the live stuff in the, you know, the second track we just talked about the instrumental, but like they all kind of have that bittersweet, melancholic, yet kind of hopeful tone to them, you know, like all wrapped mm-hmm. in one. It's a very specific mood, but it works. It, I think I feel like it gives it a lot more depth than if it was just like, you know, your standard, like, you know, written rock album, you know, and whatnot. Like the the tone that is set by this song is kind of what I would have liked for the whole album to kind of carry the tone of Ain't Wasting Time No More, Melissa and Blue Sky. You'd like the next album. It's it's a lot just that kind of Brothers and Sisters. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give that a listen if it sounds like this. <clears throat> yeah that's about all i have to say with that one I, I like that one quite a bit yeah and i mean the only other thing i had to say about it is the very nice guitar solo too yeah for sure yeah it's another one that you would think that Dwayne allman was on because it's so slight guitar heavy mm. but i guess not it was dicky it was dicky old dicky was dicking us big dicky bets yeah not Aaron. boots not, there's no boots. Hey, boots. Did you say that guy's name was Butch Trucks? Yeah, Butch Trucks. I only use about- John Deere products. Is- My name is J- Butch Butch Trucks. Is imagine Butch they Trucks have that. Imagine they have a name? they have a roadie named Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They have, they, there's like a little kid that falls around named Cow Pie. <laughs> Mud. <laughs> Muddy. Y'all sing Cow Pie. <laughs> Anyways, can we move on to? Uh, the worst <laughs> the worst <laughs> the worst You're talking about mountain jam yeah brett shall we yeah okay let's move on to mountain jam okay uh just real quick disclaimer uh original release of this album on vinyl mountain jam was split into two at weird the end choice. of side a and of side b split in half oh um, sounds intolerable weird choice yeah odd thing to do um but you know technology it's time it is what it is. Uh, but this is the way it's supposed to be heard, all in one, as a track. Why didn't they put it just as side B or... Great question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wouldn't it... Well, wouldn't it at the time... Wasn't, weren't vinyls only able to hold like 20 minutes on a side? So wouldn't it have been one whole disc by itself? No, it's not 20 minutes because they've obviously exceeded that with... Wait, no, no, yeah, yeah. Because this was a double album. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why didn't they just do it as it's one, one whole vinyl load by itself? Can this is it- a double album? Mm-hmm. This is seventy minutes long. Considering yeah. the it doesn't uh, feel that long. Considering the wonky nature of this album's track listing, I find it really funny to imagine them being like, "No, it has to be track four, and that's why it's split up." And, and they're like, funny. "You know, we're splitting it in half, right?" And putting it four songs later, and they're like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it'll sell." <laughs> so, anyways, <clears throat> take us away, Brett. Mountain Jam uh, themes from a mountain. Well, it's a 30-minute jam track. I, I Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's got some jamming in it. And? And it, it is based around what? Mountains. There's a mountain by Donovan. Okay. the, the Like it's a pseudo cover? Yeah. And well, no, I mean, it's not a cover. It's just, it's based around the main melody of that song. And they give Donovan, like, songwriting credit. Because that's the main melody. They come back to it a couple times. I think it starts off with There's a Mountain's melody, hmm. and then it breaks off into the jam, and then it comes back to it. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Um, 
I like the song, but I mean, it is a long jam track, so I also understand why the hell people wouldn't, you know. There, there, there's a lot to say about it. I think um, uh, it, it's it's something that you just have to be there for, and it's kind of a yeah. You, a, when you say be there for, I mean like live in the audience. No, I mean like you have to put the work in to listen to it, and and kind of I don't know, live in the track. I, I think it's it's listening that takes work to appreciate. You have to like listening to jam music. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of a big point of contention for this album for me is that, like, I love to play with people and I love to jam, but I don't really like listening to jam music <laughs> you know i mean it's just not really my thing i like i mean i could see the appeal of watching it you know like and, and analyzing people and looking at what they're doing and you know and seeing how they change stuff up but like i just it's just not that appealing to me i think you're in the same boat as me and i'm wondering if you two will agree watching somebody jam out something for that long it, it, it's a lot more satisfying if you were seeing them do it live on oh, record it's of just kind of like i mean eh. Of course, that shit. It, it's fucking cool live because the atmosphere and, and everything. Yeah. That's what. That's yeah. what I'm like. Yeah. If you can put yourself in that atmosphere, pretend that you're watching these guys play this live, and and just that. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of it's it's listening that takes some work, and I think like I don't know. A lot of jazz is improvisational, and you kind of have to work yeah. to listen. And if you're just if it, it it could just be background music, or you can sit there and hear what they're saying. Yeah, you no, know, when I, I when I was driving around and listening to this, Mountain Jam sounded a lot better to me than when I was listening to it on my stereo yeah. and focusing. Like it's very good background music; they're jamming it out, but it sounds fine. I I think if you have headphones in and you're listening to everything, if you can hear the both of the drums interacting with each other, I think they're saying a lot, and I think there is a lot of interesting uh, uh, moments in this song. I think. See, I, I want to counteract. I think that. there's a lot of value in the song, even though it is a fucking <laughs> 30 minute jam track with 10 minutes of drums. The first like four or five times I listened to this album, it was on my headphones at work, and this is the song that made me not want to listen to this album because it was so long. Yeah. Because it was so meandering, and having that going while I'm working and you know I'm focusing on it, like I just hated it. It was so. There's just there. It was just so. This is fully half of this album. It just kept going and going and going. Yeah. But then there's like today. There's a lot of variation in this one song though, as well. You know, it's but each each part goes on for so long, and I keep thinking it's almost over. And then I'd, I'd look, and there's twenty <laughs> fucking minutes left. There are like ten false endings. It, yeah. The, pe um, the peaks and valleys of this long jam to me don't really satisfy for the amount of patience it takes the fact like that that, like, that drum part is when the drums come in is is only 11 minutes into the song and there's still 22 minutes after that <laughs> it's just it's just mind-blowing speaking of the uh of the the that you just said about endings brett um i i did have a, a note in there that said um uh, if i have to listen to them end a song for three more minutes again like I'm done. i was like and, and i put i put i could have listened to melissa 11 more times by now that is that is one of those like oh oh and oh no we Ooh. lost them uh, <laughs> yeah I, the bass fucking starts it back up you're like God damn it. this these was, guys are gone there was just something about this song that made me uh 
keep putting off re-listening this album because I just really it it was um, like intimidating. Oh, I'll straight up say I listen to this album a lot over. I mean, because we did have such a long break between the last episode, but um, I will say I only made it through this one like completely a, a couple of times. And I listen to this at least like 10 times, like and the album. It makes me sad because part, parts of the song are great. So I don't want to skip it. Um, but parts of it are also, like I said, they're just excruciatingly long. My opinion on this, I think it, I think it works really well because this is a huge facet of this band. They the are, jam aspect. They are a, like, a live improvisational jazz unit or, or, or jam unit. Yeah. And if you, I don't know. I, I think each member of the, this band is kind of in their own world. And especially it's highlighted in this song. Like you can listen to any of them, including the two drummers, which I think is, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's a really fun listen if you can appreciate what they're presenting and the way they're presenting it, which a 30 minute jam just isn't for everybody. And maybe this wasn't the best jam on earth, you know, like even according to, I can't remember who it was in the band that said it, but they, when they put this on the album, they're like, it was, it was a mediocre recording of mountain jam. We've done it before. We've done it better. Yeah. There is a 45 minute recording of this song. I would never listen to that. No. You know how many times I can listen to Melissa in that? Uh, <laughs> probably like 12 times. So <laughs> 15 or so. Anyways, I, th- I think it kind of works as a centerpiece as just the vibe of what this band is. It's not like, it's not a track you just play on its own, but as a part of this album, I think it's pretty cool. As a, I, I like, as a part of the album, I, I might have more positive feelings about it if it was the final track. That's what I was going to say. This is placed horribly. The fact fair. that this is the fourth yeah. song makes no sense. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the, I, I mean, the really, I, I've never heard an album structured like this ever. So no, like, it, it's they were they must have been trying some avant garde shit. It's structured like a, like a fan made compilation. <laughs> Like it, like a fucking blender. It's a bootleg. Yeah, it makes yeah, yeah like a bootleg. Yeah, a yeah. bootleg is perfect. <laughs> it it just makes no sense. It ha- it has a terrible flow. It's like you order that Gundam Wing complete box set DVD, and it comes in. It's all out of order. It's got it's got the movie <laughs> like after like twenty episodes, the movie's there, and then the rest of the show after it. You select Chapter. <laughs> um, I wrote. I wrote. Um, to agree with you, this is probably fantastic music to be high to. Yeah, yeah. This is probably yeah. awesome. But um, and that here. reminds me, <laughs> I was gonna say um, today while I was doing some uh, some work around the house, I had this album playing in the background. Um, and this time, this was the first time I listened to this album on speakers instead of headphones. I didn't mind this song nearly as much because it was just going while I was you know hammering away at shit. Um, and it was a much more enjoyable because something neat would happen and my ears would perk up and I'd pay attention for a minute and then I'd go back to what I was doing, which normally I don't, I don't normally do that with music. Music is a very, um, I focus entirely on what I'm listening to when I'm listening to it. Fair. I mean, I, I think this can work either way. Like you can zone out and like really dwell in every note or you can be doing your own business it could be good road trip music you know which i think it it really works either way let me let me, let me bring this up because i'm curious if any of you felt this way too 
there there are several parts of the jam where I feel like the lead guitar is out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Where it comes in and I, I wrote the down. The two just aren't quite locked in. Yeah. 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 And I wrote down timestamps. Uh, three minutes and seven <laughs> seconds to three minutes and 27 or, or 20 seconds. That part sounds bad. Is it the part where like it sounds like it? It's like and it keeps building and building, and then the last note, it like it sounds like his finger slipped or something. It's like, beep. There, and he there. goes, like he, he tries to save it. That's that's probably one of them. But I, I wrote down so many of these, I forget which one's which. But like seven minutes nineteen seconds, to seven minutes forty two seconds, also sounds bad. Mm-hmm. And then. Like I'm trying to follow along the song here, and I've got they're playing the wrong harmony or something. Yeah, like, like, it's like yeah, it's I I I, yeah. I I noticed that it didn't like bug me too much, but I mean I did notice. Yeah, like while I was it like, it immediately just like graded on me. That's probably <laughs> the undiagnosed autism coming in. But um, my undiagnosed autism was like it's okay. You know, <laughs> I thought that sounds like not autism. So I think it sounds like live music. Yeah, no, which d- is cool. Yeah, if I was seeing this live, I'd be like, oh fuck, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, just like the endurance that it takes and the musicianship, it's impressive. It is. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. But uh, I digress. But moving on through the song, and I'm keeping up with like the time, uh, 12 minutes and 40 seconds, there's an intro into the drum solo that is very nice. And when the drum solo is going, it's just like the, the, the drum solo section, it's way too long. And I've heard people. <laughs> is the crowd going, woo! Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some guy in the crowd doing like Chewbacca noises randomly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've heard the the drum solo like in uh like little uh quotes and like reviews that I've read online is people always call it the pee break, where everybody else just goes and takes a piss and they come back. Um uh, there's a um uh Children of Bodom live DVD I have. And I always felt really bad because in the middle of the set, they do, uh, there's a drum solo that's like five minutes long. Hmm. And you see all the other band members just walk off stage and go backstage. Yeah. And they're clearly taking a break and the drummer's just excruciatingly like playing this like complex solo and then has to go back to playing like really fast shit. There's a reason drum solos don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's, I mean. Because they suck to play for the drummer. I think the last one that we saw that. that I mean, I don't think the drummers mind playing the drum solos. Yeah. Yeah. That dude who, uh, uh, the last time I saw a drum solo was when we went and saw Whitesnake, like those years ago with that younger dude who was playing drums for him. He did that cool thing where he kept hitting his snare and the fucking stick would like fly super high up in the air. We fucking catch it. That dude was like. Wasn't a younger dude. It it was. uh, He wasn't like super young. I just mean like he was like, you know. Like 30s or Is something. Is that dude like that. that? No, he like played an Aussie on some. Post Malone? Yes. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. It was I'm Post Malone on drums? Mike Borden? No, it's a joke. No. Lizzie God Borden? Was it just Tommy Aldridge? <laughs> Andrew Eldridge? I think no. so. Hey, what do you think? Well, of- it was Tommy Aldridge? I'm pretty sure. Isn't he in the band? That's not a young guy. Drums. So, <laughs> drum solos. Um, yeah, I mean, not everyone likes drum solos. But. I think this is a cool drum solo in the fact that there are two drummers, and it's actually pretty interesting to hear them interact. Mm. Um, that's just my take on the drum solo here. I, you got to listen with headphones. Okay, yeah. That okay. Granted, I, I did not listen to it with headphones, but just just listening to it uh, in the car um, on my stereo, it nothing I heard justified two drummers. Talk to an old man with a ponytail about this album. They'll say. 
You listen with headphones? It's all Brett's ever wanted to be was the old guy with the ponytail. Uh-huh. You listen now with a headphone, boy? <laughs> okay, but moving on from that, um, there's a very nice bass solo at 18 minutes, 41 seconds. Enjoy that very much. There's a lot of high points on this jam, um, uh, but I feel like there's more low points. And um, Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying with the, the peaks and valleys don't really you know, measure up to the patience you need to get through it. Yeah. It's I, like, I, I never had the original vinyl. I have no idea what this sounds like split in half. It might be better. It might be more tolerable. I don't know. I love it. Just jumps right. It just cuts in the middle of the just a hard solo. cut. There's no fade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how that would work or where that would be. I mean, there, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a part where they just like fade out on something. I don't know. Hmm. Um, like looking at looking at Wikipedia, it's saying that the first mountain jam part on side two of the first vinyl is nineteen minutes and thirty seven seconds, and I've got the bass solo marked at eighteen minutes forty one seconds. It cuts in the middle of the bass. It, so, probably, it probably just fades out. <laughs> yeah, it's got to. Um, but I will say this: this is my least favorite uh, part of the album, or not? Not the yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll say the album. It's it's this part twenty two minutes. And seven seconds to twenty-two minutes and twenty seconds. It, it's that it's that fucking guitar harmony that they attempt, and it sounds like a total fucking train wreck. <laughs> they are like completely not in sync, and it just sounds like the guitars are completely fucking out of tune. It's terrible. It is really fucking terrible. But it is just like that brief thirteen seconds, and then it's back to being pretty good. Fair. I, 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 I would I hum know. out the part, but it, it sounds so fucking out of tune to me. I don't know how. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. I don't know exactly what part you're talking about. Nothing jumped out to me that was that bad. I, I mean, but I'll play it. St- okay. <laughs> it, Brett's saying, you better put some respect on Mountain Jam's name. <laughs> Stuff like that, I, I think, is cool just because it's fucking real dudes playing real music. And yeah. We just don't get that anymore. <laughs> well... Back when they recorded to record. No, let me let me no, take a hot take I will, here. There's no fuck Justin Bieber. There's no fucking auto tune <laughs> on this. You can't spell rap without crap. <laughs> that is that that's is that's funny. the worst part of the album right there. <laughs> but I mean, they go back to you know business as usual right after that, and they sound good. That's I mean, funny. it's it, it's the thing they make a point that there's no overdubs on the live shit, and. They probably should have been. Yeah, for that. Get that shit out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on there like they're proud. (laughs) Yeah. No overdubs. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I'll commend them for the endurance it takes to jam that long, the musicianship, um, the balls to not overdub, things like that. But. This shouldn't have been right in the middle of the album. It probably shouldn't have been on the album at all. It, I, I could do without this one, and it it makes the album too it, long. It turns the album into a chore. That's for sure. For yeah, me, at least. Yeah, I thought it was funny that we went from a uh, like a seventy seven minute album. We were all like, "This is too long," and then we went to a seventy minute album. That <laughs> we're all like, "This is too long." Yeah, I I like my albums to be less than an hour. That's just me. I will say like 40, 45 minutes is usually my sweet spot, that, depending that, on. There is a sweet spot for sure, like in general, but 
long albums do have their place and they can work. Yeah. This one yeah. just doesn't for me for being as long as it is. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of like concept albums that I've heard mm-hmm. that it, the length is justified. I don't think the length of this album is justified and it's because of Mountain Jam. You should have just dropped that and the album would have been uh, significantly better. Mountain, Mountain I, Jam I is 33 minutes out of a 68 minute album. Fuck, release this as its own live album. Oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> I mean, that's what they did before this. Well, I mean, like, is this just on this, live at Fillmore yeah. East? No. This recording? It, on, hang on. No, no, no. On, you said that it's on a, like a bonus disc or something like that. I think it's a different take of the song. Let me look. I will admit I've lost the plot on uh, what. Um, so, disc two for the deluxe edition, it adds Hotlanta, a, a very long version of Whipping Post, and then 33 minute, 41 second version of Mountain Jam, and then a uh, Elvis Bishop cover, Drunken Hearted Boy. So, 33 minutes, 41 seconds. That, I think that is the version that's on the album then. It is. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I guess it's the same one. The, yeah, they should have just saved it for the deluxe edition of Live at Fillmore East. It's, it's not worthy of being on a full-length album. Especially not in the middle. Yeah. But I can get it. Like, like I'm assuming, Brett, I'm assuming you like this song a lot. I like it, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a lot of good to it. I do think it, it's probably too long for just a regular studio album quote-unquote yeah but uh as a part of the album i do enjoy it the little the little flubs and train wreck parts i think add to it because it is just a fucking live ass these dudes are i mean obviously they've done this a million times on the road but they're they're actually playing you know they're they're to some extent um improvising and feeling each other and would you say they're they're jamming is that the word yes they're jamming i like it they're a jelly band i think it's cool to have something like this from a band that is known for things like this fair enough i mean do you listen to a lot of jam bands uh not really i don't know i mean i see the only thing that i have to go off of other than like you know bands i like where they're just like They'll randomly jam. Uh, Deep Purple did it on their, like, Made in Japan. Uh-huh. They would jam the shit out of those songs. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the man band, when they would do live albums, they would jam their shit, too. And Grateful Dead was known for jamming. I I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like Allman Brothers Band could have done a better job. I feel like those other bands, like, beat them to it, whether they're, like, known as a jam band, Grateful Dead, or just Deep Purple, great musicians jamming out. I feel like they did a better job. But this is just one song that they jammed out. So it's it's, it's kind of hard for me to say because, I mean, even one of the band members said it's a mediocre take of this. If they had the best take of Mountain Jam on the record, it might have been the best thing ever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. fair. I just should have been there, you know. If I ever invent a time machine, I'm going to go back to one of those shows where they perfected Mountain Jam. I'm going to listen to it. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. You can't talk about this because you weren't there. <laughs> Yeah, okay. See, I've heard that about Bob Dylan's music, and I don't need to be there to hear that he's a terrible singer. Oh. Shots fired. Fuck Bob Dylan. Yeah. Whoa. Why don't we pull back on the Bob Dylan talk? Uh, Bron and I were driving around, and uh, Cinnamon Girl came on, and I was thinking about how funny it would be if it was uh, Nutmeg Girl, <laughs> but it had the same funny. tone. I want to live with a Nutmeg Girl. Do you think that's Bob Dylan? No. Oh, okay. I was thinking of of. It's gonna say because don't 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 insult Neil Young like that. 
Bob Dylan's not bad. Bob Dylan is significantly worse than Neil Young. Neil Young is fucking tight. Dennis has Zappa and Bob Dylan on his list, and he fucking crossed them off. Bob Bob Dylan, I can tolerate. Severely overrated, though. Frank Zappa, Hot Rats is fine. Everything else, no. What do you think of Bob Dylan? That's an improvement from the last time you talked about him. That really is. You (laughs) thought he was the worst thing ever. Did you like look into it to to see if you were right? No, I'd heard Hot Rats before. But that's the only (laughs) I always liked Hot Rats. That's the only thing I can tolerate from him. Hot Rats is great! (laughs) That album is mostly instrumental. And it, the thing that I don't like about Frank Zappa, other than his fans being obnoxious, is the fact that he like thinks he's really funny, but he's not funny at all. I honestly could not tell you a single Frank Zappa song. That's good. Don't ever bother. I don't know what you won't like it. Like. I promise. Dennis actually likes the stupid who had the flare gun. <laughs> Dude, fuck that stupid with a flare flare gun. Honestly, um, call back to our first episode. I was gonna say with with jam stuff, kind of my only. I don't really listen to, to jam stuff either, but um, I have a Herbie Hancock album that kind of sounds like it could be just That's, they were jamming for like 45 minutes. And then I you talk about it. like talk about jam bands as if it's a genre. I mean, it's it's really it's kind of it's not I'm a not genre, thinking, but it is a stylistic. Yeah, thing. I mean, like what I mean, it's more um, enigmatic than that it, you know it, any yeah. any band could jam yeah and and that's what i was trying to say at the beginning of my points about this song is just that i like jamming myself and i don't mind watching like a good set of people jam <laughs> but i really like as a general thing don't really like just listening to it you know i mean like just overall and i mean like that obviously that varies from band to band and whatnot but like I mean, just as a blanket statement, if I have to, like, the majority of the time, I don't like just, like, straight recordings of just jamming. Yeah, like, that's you know, fair. It's like... It but, really, like, in 1971 and 2, and whenever this was recorded and released, that was, like, that was hot. It's hot, you know? No, and they yeah, just and came off. That. They just yeah. came off live at Fillmore East, where they became renowned as this legendary jamming band. And mm, I think yeah. they were just capitalizing on it. No, I totally get it. I just... You know, this just didn't do it for me. Fair. You know? yeah. I think we've gone on fairly plenty long on this one. The longest I mean, for it, the longest song. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah that's fair. <laughs> it was justified. Um, so the next track is One Way Out, also live at Fillmore East. Yes. And? I, cover song. Um, just a note. Really? Yeah, cover. Yeah. Of who? Uh, it's an, it's really, a, as far as I know, it's a Sonny Boy Williamson song. Um, every Every blues song is a cover of every blues song because they're all kind of the same song yes so yeah i was i was gonna say this song is fun and bouncy uh, the same with the next one but they kind of it's kind of the same thing um just for the whole time it's just kind of like a a fun bouncy guitar. i was joking i i like this song a lot but it is live blue you know it's it's a blues song in a good way i you know i i got i wasn't overly crazy about the lead guitar at the start of this song and this is a classic track of theirs really uh-huh i see i feel like this album would have been oh man i don't know that's good there the only good thing i have to say about this song is there's a good solo in there um i like the lyrics i mean i like the lyrics and the vibe and the i just it's a cool old blues song i don't like the lyrics see see here's what i wrote what I don't like about the song is that it's immoral. It's about premarital <laughs> sex. It's about no. Um, it's extramarital no. affairs. It's I don't, about an affair. 
I don't like that. That's that is extramarital. Yeah, but not premarital. Like, it, are they married? Lord, it just a might be your man. Are they married, Dennis? Uh, the husband and the wife are married, and then the other yeah, guy is, is you know making him a cuck. Is he married to the woman he is having an affair with? No. Then it is premarital. But she is married, so it's not premarital. It's premarital for them. That's how you get around that. For their coitus, for their joining of the it's penis. It's premarital for him. And the cooter. Hmm. It is premarital. You know? Uh, you it's know partial Agree to disagree. premarital. Agree to disagree. Well, yeah, this, okay. this is a fun song that kind of... Uh, uh, in one ear, out the other for me. It's, a, it's not bad. I will say that, but I'll yeah. agree with you. It's in one ear, out the other. I fair. I I think this album would have been significantly better if the live tracks were left off. Yeah, yeah. It would have been short. Yeah, would have been really short. Would have been like twenty five minutes long. But I I would agree. This this song and the other one, um, trouble no more. They feel kind of out of place because they're they're so much more upbeat and energetic. These are, I think they are from the first album, but that's like, that's more the vibe of that first album is I don't, jazzy I, or jammy blues. I don't want to make it out like I dislike either of these songs because they are, they are fun to listen to, but they are uh, very forgettable for me. Sure. Um, not in a bad way. It's just. I think the, uh, I, I don't know. I think One Way Out, I, I mean, granted, this is also a song I've known for half of my life, like f- from the Almond Brothers band, not from Sunny Boy, well Sunny Boy, but uh, I like this song a lot, um, and it's just kind of a cool version of it. I I also understand it's just like a live blues song on yeah. in the middle of like, like it's just a this is a weird album, you know. I'm, I'm yeah, sure like, again this is one of the uh, sorry Dennis, but I was just gonna I was gonna say was with, gonna, with, with the live was, songs uh, in the middle of the album, I would just say it takes a detour. I'd prefer it not to. Yeah, these would have been really good at songs at the end of the album. Yeah. Like bonus tracks or something. Yeah, I mean, if they had to be on the album, this is, like, the worst spot for them. Like, you know, I mean, like, I I pretty much agree with Max and Dennis totally. Like, these these two songs, I'm just going to lump them together. My notes are literally the same. It's just, uh, you know, it's like a cool rock and blues tune. Not sure why we need this live version right here. You know, I mean, like, like it's, it's like, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's cool, but like, you know, I really feel the theme on the first three tracks and the last three. Yeah. And this just, as Dennis said it the best, it's just detours. And for me, it's detours in a decently negative way. It, it's not like overtly offensive or anything. It's just like, you know, I'm like, well, I want to get back to what we were doing. You know, like it, <laughs> like it felt like they started me on a journey, and now it's just like, whoopie doo doo, and yeah. then, <laughs> and now, you know, I, I don't know, and and, uh, and then you know, just waiting to get back at this point. Yeah, when when I'm doing a straight listen, at least, I did I did listen to this quite a few times, literally just skipping those, and I enjoyed the shit out of this like way more. <laughs> I mean, like just um, as a whole. I wrote about trouble no more. Should we just? Well, my, my like I said, my notes are literally the same. Yeah. Like on, on I, I mean, these are two blues tracks. Yeah, yeah. I, I've this one to cover too. Trouble no more. Trouble no more is a muddy water song. Um, muddy water waters. Have you never heard of muddy waters? Uh-uh. Really it's interesting. Like I said, That's... Mud, muddy. What? <laughs> I know. What? I couldn't tell. It's a joke. No, I've never heard waters? of him. He, he's uh, um, he's a fucking legend. Yeah, well, no. is he pretty blues. good? Yeah, he's pretty fucking good. Pretty good. Yeah, big pretty blue, good. Big blues guy. 
Um, also, Sonny Boy Williamson, also good. Have you heard of um, any of the blues? Any blues song that you'd hear like a seventies or late sixties band cover by the original artist? The original artist is a fucking legend. Just that's that's it. Like there's some old guy who sat on a porch in his overalls. Blanket statement, Dennis. It's oh. accurate, 100 percent accurate. The, the guys were fucking legends. Like they just were. Have you guys heard <laughs> of Gary Moore? He was a bluser, a bluser, and a bruiser bluser. in his earlier days. That's the that's like the most classic blues guy you know. <laughs> you cut it white guy from Ireland. <laughs> I don't like his blues stuff too much. Hmm. Really, to be honest with you. Hmm. Blues isn't my thing. Okay, I well, I'd recommend not checking out Muddy Waters because you're gonna fucking hate it. I don't think I would like it at all. No. Oh, if you don't like blues, don't listen to Muddy Waters. Yeah, if you if you <laughs> don't if you don't like the better better recording quality of seventies blues. You're not going to like the fucking old shit because it sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't like blues. It's, it's a vibe, yeah. though. It's a. It is a, a vibe. It's a vibe. mood. I mean, no, it's a mood. Not really. Well, not not blues. Not yeah. blues. Not blues. But check out those songs that I told you. For I will. Charlie yeah, Parker I will. first. They're I'll, good. It's good stuff. I'll put them on my Zune. Check out. Are we, Wild are we timing Frontier here by Gary Moore? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Time in. Okay. Trouble no more. Well, hang on. Before we go to Trouble No More, one thing I want to say about One Way Out, the fucking acapella outro, that shit sucks. <laughs> I don't even remember what you're talking about. I remember this song having like a... It, I thought it was super fucking cheesy. Love does matter happen to me, oh man. Yeah, like he's trying to be soulful, but I think he just like falls flat on his face. Oh, that? Well, I just might be. I just might be, oh man. I like that. Oh, the music. I like that. I don't think that's bad at all. I thought I thought it It made me cringe a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't even remember it, so I don't think it offended me or I noticed it that much. Well, I just imagine. Just imagine. We did do an overdub recording of this with Dennis doing the vocals <laughs> on all that. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe blues is my actual calling. Uh, <laughs> just going over Mountain Jam, just doing some scatting. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, in regards to uh, Trouble No More in this song, um, these, for me, uh, it sounds like these two songs in particular extremely heavily influenced the, the modern band, The Black Keys, um, which I've listened to quite a bit. I don't know a thing These about two them. songs influence the Black Keys. These songs in particular sound like a shitload of Black Keys songs. I've it's heard blues. Yeah, that's this. There's just something about, especially Trouble No More, that is like the Black Keys like base their sound around that. Yeah, um, um, check out Muddy Waters. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, check I, out Muddy Waters. Uh, you should probably listen to Muddy Waters since you just made that statement. Holy I don't shit! Listen. This sounds like everything I've heard. <laughs> All right, you guys are being hurtful, and uh, if you've never checked out was, old blues music, you, I, I'm, I'm assuming sort of that you're going to be very surprised of how much that's influenced. It's literally the foundation for rock. I don't, I don't think that's true. It, you, oh, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> trouble no more. I feel like we all kind of have the same things. I'm sure Dennis has fun baseline. Good I wrote and down. bad. I, I've got one blanket statement on this. Uh, I love this song on the debut album. Uh, I, I don't know why you would put a live version of this just in the middle of your next studio album. It's just so pointless. Fair take. Yeah. I mean, I, love the, I love the song. That's I love spicy, it. but it's fair. 
All right. It's Boy Caliente. Hey, back let's get, to Let's get back to the Back album. to studio music. Yeah. Sam Back, new track. This features Dwayne Allman before his passing. Is it, does he do that the little the little guitar thing right at the beginning? I I couldn't tell you who does what. Cuz cuz I wrote cuz I wrote down <laughs> Steve Vai talking guitar at the beginning. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't remember must a, have been. It, I mean, slide guitar if Dwayne Allman's alive, he's doing it. Yeah, probably him. Cool. Probably. I like this one a lot. I mean, like it's it's definitely the most like uh the rock, I've heard that, that the the main verse riff that, that little bended chord that they do in there, it's nasty. In like a good way. I can't remember a note of this song. Really? I'm having a hard time remembering this one too. For real? This one's like probably the most like attention grabber there. one. Yeah. I feel like this is like the most like upbeat one can like we, out of all the rem- studios. Remind me of the melodies. Can you sing it for a second, Brett? Uh, no. I can sing the chorus. They do that, <laughs> they do that thing in the verse. This is fucking, like I said, it no, sounds nasty. I don't remember it. It's cool. I'm having a hell of a time remembering this one. Go to the YouTube. I am. I don't know. It's kind of funky. It's it's the one with the electric piano. Uh, It's got a a different. It's like every song, Brett. I had a. uh, Every song has an electric piano. Yeah. Do you know what an electric piano is? Yeah, it's a piano you plug into the wall. (laughs) Electric. (laughs) What what song has that? Uh, all of them do. Um, I'm done listening to you, Mister Mister Gregothy Allman is. Well, Brett um, <laughs> Gregothy. Well, Brett, since you're the only one who remembers this, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'll share. Yeah. But yeah, I had I had just a few notes on this one. I said, um, uh, it's like this is like the the sleazy southern rock song on this album. Like it's it's kind of cool and like yeah. uh, it's got that it's just got like a driving rhythm and it's nasty riffs. Yeah, I said I put that. Um, it kind of sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a song that would be on like a Tarantino soundtrack. Yeah, you guys are saying a lot of things that make me sound like I'd like this song, but I don't fucking remember it at all. I really, have, that's really surprising. Like I said, I have think, a page of notes on it. I did, I wrote down uh, it's a negative. I don't care for the lead guitar at the start, but the song <laughs> has a nice groove, so that that matches up with I wrote, what you guys are yeah, saying. But I, I I wrote down as well. Checks out that there's annoying lead guitar at one minute forty five seconds. I just I don't remember the song. That Hang I on. like the bass. Let's work. pause. Play the song. That's what it is. It's, I mean, it's not okay. mixed well yeah. in the song. Oh no, God, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Maybe do. Did you know? If you, it's not terrible. Syncopated beats, it's not terrible. I love syncopated beats. Then you will. Then there are there are those. No, I was just, saying, yeah, like I could understand that, but that point about the guitar, like sounding annoying. Like it's not mixed well within the song, but I like that guitar. Like I said, it reminds me of like Eat 'Em and Smile, Steve Vai, like talking guitar bullshit. It's mean, like yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mind that song, but I've already, it's already slipping out of my brain. I don't, I like that. I think I, I will say, okay, talk. Maybe you guys did when you guys listen to this. Did you always listen to it the whole way through? Yeah, I did. Like, okay, so when I did the, I, I guess I kind of felt the same way about the latter half of the album after I got past the live tracks when I would listen to all of them in full. When I skipped the live shit, hmm. I enjoyed the last half a lot more, and that song in particular, like, really grabbed me. Well, I. Stand back, coming directly after the live stuff. It might have like been a buffer period for me to like regain my like focus on the album. But get back into what they started, basically. Yeah, yeah, because when Blue Sky starts, I'm I'm back in. Yeah, but Stand Back, I'm I'm still kind of like tuned out from the live stuff. Interesting. I um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I enjoy the live stuff as well, but I think this one fits in very well with. Ain't wasting time no more, Melissa. You know, like it. It it's a good, well written. 
I think it's on a track. And it's, I think out of all the, the funky one and yeah, the hardest rocking, I would say. That's that's exactly quotes. what I was about to say. Uh, out of all the studio recorded ones, it's like the rocking one. Yeah. Like, um, I, I think it's a great, great track. And the electric piano adds a different sound. That's that funk, funky feel, you know. That's like Stevie Wonder sound. Mm. Yeah, this is where it brings me back. But all the tracks have electric piano, but not as prominent. I was making fun of Max. Oh, he's mad. I'm actually smiling. Not inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have nothing else to say. We're gonna move on to Blue Sky. Blue Sky is one of my favorite tracks on this album. I like the uh, the it's the only Dicky Betts lead vocal on it, and I like that change of pace. Really, I think he's got a really great voice. Yeah, huh. I didn't even know that was him. I think yeah. it's yeah. this is the most um, this is the most like southern rock feeling one to me. Just he's got more of a country flair to him. I, li- I like or country song. rock, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I really like this one. This one reminds me a lot of. Uh, Early 70s Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Uh, I think this song is really pretty, and this has always been one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs, but one of my favorite uh, Allman Brothers songs as well. I, well, I, I'd say it's the second best song on the album for me. I do like the song. After Melissa? Yeah, after Melissa. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's a, uh, Dickie Betts, good singer. Um, I might tie it with Melissa in my head. I, uh, yeah. I think Melissa's better. I, but, I, just, I mean, I can, I, can, I can understand that. I like the... Uh, they have a similar, like, summer day feel. They do. This one, to me, doesn't sound as, like, melancholy, bittersweet as Melissa does to me. Yeah. Um, this one's pure sweet. Yeah. This one. This one's pure on summer day, blue sky, you know, obviously. Um, the chorus is great. And, I mean, good guitar solo from Dickie Betts. Or maybe it's... Well, I don't know. I mean, it it could be Dwayne. I don't know. I'd put that the guitar solo kind of just plays around on like the the one scale in the song, but like it really works. Yeah, because he just like moves it, and like it's like it's got kind of a weight to it. Like I don't know. I I like the guitar playing a lot on this one too. I had put a note in here, and I'm not. I can't recall it in my head, but it's a very specific note. (laughs) It says a little guitar harmony line at the end of the musical interlude. <laughs> but it's like a laid back cowboy hat version of Iron Maiden or Thin Lizzy. Because <laughs> they do the little, I know that it's like a twin, like harmony lead thing that they do, but like I was like, oh, that's like a fucking sitting on your porch cowboy version of that. <laughs> like it was, I don't know. But I, I, I did like this song as well. Like the vocals, um, it's definitely in the same vein as uh, Melissa and uh, Ain't Wasting Time No More. But um, I will say, out of those three that kind of have that vibe on this album, this one's probably my least favorite. And I think that might just be because it's not like, it's not, it doesn't have as much of that like kind of sad overtone to it that mm-hmm. I liked from those songs. Um, I do really like it though. I Those three songs are my favorite, like on the album, but this is probably like my least favorite of those three. They weren't uh, sad yet because Dwayne Allman was still alive. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Yeah. The song is just a little more, uh, I know it's not the proper term, but what pops into my head when thinking about it is honky tonk. Song's just a little more like playing this it's in a the bar. He, Dickie Betts is more of a country singer, whereas yeah, uh, Greg Allman is more of a blues singer. Yeah, and you said twang, right? Twangy. Yeah, it's it's tw- it's yeah. a twangiest song on the album. That would be a good. This is that's th- better than Honky Tonk. Yeah. Dickie Betts would basically pick up all the slack that Dwayne Allman 
left behind mm-hmm. and the subsequent albums he would be kind of more of the band leader and they went in more of this country rock direction that um, makes sense so but, but no yeah it's a, it's a good track i mean uh i said i do like it a lot yeah i like this one a lot me too cool little martha this is a fun song it's this nice. is a nice little uh i wrote that it's a lovely little song that's a very nice wind down mm-hmm. kind of track yeah um, yeah i put heartfelt acoustic <clears throat> close her there's yeah. something about it too that there's a lot of this song that sounds like a lot of um other this kind of like faster acoustic stuff that i've heard before um it sounds like this song was just very influential to this type of i don't really like, know how to uh, describe it but flamenco no there's just something while i was listening to it i kept feeling like I, i've heard this before i don't know i have no idea if you know who this is but this song reminded me a lot of like a gordon giltrap type song i don't know who that is okay he doesn't know muddy waters he doesn't know gordon giltrap i don't think anybody <laughs> in this country knows who gordon giltrap is i don't know who gordon giltrap is exactly. it croatian no you um, don't UK. know giltrap <laughs> you about that giltrap got a tattooed about <laughs> to fill nice. your trap Gordon Giltrap, very, very, very nice. It's progressive rock, the very guitar-oriented, like, clean tone. Nice. Have you ever heard of Stephen Wilson? Or yeah, Devin from, Townsend? From Porcupine Tree. Yeah, from uh, Yeah, Devin those Townsend. are those are real progressive rockers. Is that Old Man's Child? No, that's uh, Strapping Young Lad. That's right, okay. Which is a funny band. You know, now that you kind of, you're just talking about comparing it to, like, somebody else and this isn't an exact comparison, but it actually, this song, because um, he'll be playing the chords and then he'll do like the little like hammer on pull off runs into like the next thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of uh, Jimmy Page during like uh, like Houses of the Holy era when he do that acoustic stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought of Spanish Fly, but it's nothing, it's not like that, but it just, yeah. it's an acoustic track on an otherwise non-acoustic album. I think the the only other thing that I really thought about the song other than just like I like it and it's a nice little closer to the album was in the context of the album where my biggest problems were the lengthy buildups and lack of endings and fucking dragging shit on. I was like, ironically, this one could have been elaborated on a bit more. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I probably would have enjoyed it. They sat down with and they're like, Dude, fucking take it easy with Do that. Do not one. go over two minutes. <laughs> I think I think that's what works about this one is that it's very brief. There's a lot of ideas in it. I would have liked to have heard this lot. one a little bit more, honestly, like it, or developed a tad bit more. Yeah, I'm I'm with Nick. This would have this would have functioned better as an ending track if it was longer and more elaborated on. The way it is right now, this song in Mountain Jam should have been flip flopped. Yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> I'm not saying like make this another fucking you know seven nine minute song or whatever, but like you know no. maybe maybe double the length with like a little bit more of the band involved or something. Why yeah. don't you call up Dwayne? Oh wait, damn. Sorry, jeez. Take back. I'm gonna bring my score up. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Is just a little a folksy little, you know, just a nice little song. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very nice. Yeah, I like it. It's cool. I think that's all we really need to say about that track. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, we know that we've won many awards. R.I.P. Um, but rest in power to our legendary sections, the good. <laughs> rest in power. <laughs> I hate that shit. <laughs> and the bad. Um, 
we've decided to streamline it. You know, we're we're kind of aiming for a more mainstream audience. This here. is our legendary section overall. <laughs> you know, we I think hear you're really gonna like this. People, <laughs> people up in heaven. It's people down time, in hell. They're talking time about nominated it. section. BAFTA mom, award winning. BAFTA. My mom said she liked this part. You know, this this one never won any awards, but you know, we're really passionate about it and we really care about it. <laughs> we say, you know, fuck those those haters. B E T award winning overall good overall. Haters. <laughs> you know what? Whatever. You're not gonna see us on MTV Music Awards.com, so Yeah, especially with how we're talking about Bieber. We're gonna keep this bad boy rolling into our legendary section. Overall thoughts and Rating. Rating with a T. Ranking with a K comes later. Ranking with a K. Why don't we start with Nick? The studio audience has gone into a frenzy. Can't keep them back. Um Yeah, so um I'll just go through real quick. So um good and bad here. Um the good stuff. Um you know, this is nice calming, uh driving on the countryside music. Very reflective, calm, as we've said many times. Great lead guitar work through the whole thing. Um, I'd even say for this genre, I mean, I would assume that like the guitar work, not just on this album, I guess, just of this band, is pretty like iconic and like influential. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, the rhythm section's really consistent. Um, I had put two, like, even though I, I said I like the vocals, but just the way that they're presented for most of this album they're kind of they're not at the forefront but it like really works like <laughs> for for the subject matter and like just how the songs are written you know i mean like and yeah. i'm talking about purely the studio stuff here i mean like uh you know it's I, I didn't really get to mention that like in the songs themselves at least but that was just something i kind of took away from it like when i think about this album overall i'm like the vocals are kind of not really front and center but but it works and i like them it's i i agree it's kind of an afterthought to the music yeah the the instrumentation but yeah and uh overall like i like i said before i mean i this record is uh sad but optimistic and that's kind of a cool unique theme you don't hear that on a lot of albums let alone rock albums really i think um but yeah i'm uh bad wise um i think it's uh, you know i've said it they don't know how to end a song um uh, <laughs> uh why would you end it when you can not in it, it. I, it put oh, as a, as an album you know when you look at it as the full package it's inconsistent and the live tracks pretty much completely throw me off when i have to listen to them most of the time you know i mean as we said before so and and those tracks make it feel make the whole album feel bloated for no real reason that i can see like you know no good reason at least uh but yeah i mean overall it's got a good vibe and a feel for most of the time, the studio stuff, especially, uh, just not big on the live stuff. Um, but the the mu- the mood and the execution of the tracks that I like is uh, is pretty great. And this is not my normal cup of tea at all. You know, I mean, I don't really venture into this type of stuff. Um, and this is like a serious Black Oak, Arkansas, and I don't know how I feel about that. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, I'm I will dispute that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you get you get Not triggered. <laughs> Black they're Oak playing Arkansas. a different sport. You I know? know, I know, I know. Black Oak, Arkansas is often referenced as yeah. who the Allman Brothers took inspiration from. 
I, that, when I when I first I'm a BOA fan. When, when I first turned this on and heard the first song, I was like, "Oh, so it's Black Oak Arkansas, but not fun." <laughs> <laughs> he's not even croaking like a frog. Like, he's not croaking. What is he even talking about? Life. <laughs> I just want to talk about like running into the woods because you know you you got caught with it with it with with you know his Your daughter his type. daughter or whatever. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Jim with, Dandy's a nice man. With all that being said, this was uh, pretty much a pleasant surprise. But the live tracks, since they are make up over half the album, and I'm not really big on that, I kind of gotta be fair in my scoring here. So I mean, an a, a, an optimistic sixty eight. All right. But, okay. That's that's kind of where I was Tabitha, expecting will you put it in the ledger? Yeah. Um, so, for my overall, uh, starting with some good things, uh, th- this is all um, very talented musicianship. These guys all know how to play. That's for sure. I mean, obviously, it takes a lot of talent to, to jam out a song for over half an hour. Um, and, I mean, their skill is reflected in the studio tracks for sure. To, to, to a better degree, I would say. And that's just a preference of mine. Um, the production of the album is consistently good, and none of it um, overpowers the musicianship either. Uh, it just lets them play. I mean, I feel like you're hearing them in a very natural setting, and it's, you know, it's letting them do their thing, and it's the album is not focused on the production. Like, it's not an album where you'd say, oh, yeah, the production on that one's great. It's you hear the guys playing. That's, that's the main drawing point of this album and i i appreciate that um a negative i will say is the three live tracks they're just kind of out of place i don't i don't like that being just sandwiched in the middle i feel like it kills the momentum it makes it sound like it's a compilation album i just i don't like that um and just a preference thing and this is going along with what nick said uh bluesy southern rock is really not my thing like you mean bluesy rock rock yeah bluesy (laughs) rock rock um that sound to me and i mean this kind of goes goes along with my my other note and i'll just move along to that i think this band and 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 i had a hard time trying to figure out which one it was because i was like this band is either massively overrated or just minorly overrated but none of those really fit. So I'll just say that they're moderately overrated. I just like th- this album is held to a degree where it's like one of the best live albums or no, like one of the best, sorry, this is one of the best studio albums of all time. I hear people say that all the time in the reviews and whatnot. I don't agree with that at all. Like I feel like their debut album is leagues better than this. It's a consistent sound all the way through the album. There's no filler in that one. There's no live tracks just like sandwiched in the middle. Uh, From what I've heard of the Allman Brothers, so far this is their third best. I think Live at Fillmore East is better. I think the debut's better. And I think this one is just a little bit better than Idle Wild South. Just slightly. Um, There's a lot of moments on this album to me and it's this is most apparent on the live stuff where it just kind of sounds like a decent bar band playing like Brett you and I went to the, went to like a bar somewhere BB's lawn side yeah where there's just like barbecue yeah there's just some band playing and it was just like 
this kind of just sounds, you know, like it's okay. Like it's kind of bluesy. It's like a live band. Like that's kind of what uh, Almond Brothers sound like on their live tracks. The, I, this is your section, but this is like, this is way, way, way better than that. I don't, I don't hear it that way. They just sound like a competent bluesy bar band. Fair. Like a lot of, a lot of people like do this sound nowadays and it's just like mom and pop, like 40 year old guys, like let's do a band. Let's, let's play live around like restaurants, the bars, <laughs> stuff like that. And it kind of just sounds like this. And I don't know, I, I, like I, I get I, where you're coming from. I completely disagree on the level of, of talent that I, I mean, there are, these there guys are, are clearly better. I will admit that, there but are, that I, I hear that on their studio tracks and not so much. I mean, Obviously, these these bar bands aren't doing fucking Mountain Jam for half an hour. Like, that takes talent. But the other two songs after that, where it's just kind of like, oh, this is a blues cover, you know, like a, lo- a lot of bar bands, like, just do this. Like, we'll cover a blues song. It's not very inspirational. Also, they were also, like, I think of those songs as Allman Brothers songs. They were both tracks from their first album that I know very well as Allman Brothers songs. So, I, I don't just think of those as two blues covers out of nowhere and that is me as a person who has listened to that first album hundreds of times dozens (laughs) okay multiple Uh, dozens i to me um the the two live tracks after mountain jam and i I know one of them is from the debut album but just hearing like a live blues cover something about that just really like lacks personality for me and prior prior to like, i would just say that like all the original allman brothers songs that they've got a distinctive style and i guess they kind of inject that into their covers but i feel like it just doesn't translate that well on these uh, i don't know what it is because i've never felt this way about anything on live at film east like it was just like this is a good live album i'm enjoying this but I don't know if it's just that they're sandwiched in the middle to where it just grates on me, really rubs me the wrong way. But it, I don't know, something about it, it's just rubbing me the wrong way. Um, yeah, I wrap up your hate speech and just give it the score. I, it's not a hate speech. I, the state, These are, they're valid, they're valid criticisms. I mean, I like this band, I like this album, but there's, there's some severe flaws on this. Um, sure. and, and I would not ever call it one of the best albums of all time. Um, I'll, I'll just say the last note that I've have is, uh, the standout tracks save the album. Um, and I, I firmly believe that, but this is, this is just shy of like a great album for me. So I rated it a 74. Fair. Yeah. Super cool. Max. Um, I share a lot of the feelings with uh, Nicholas and uh, Dennis. Um, the songs I like, I really, really, really like. The songs I don't like, um, as I said earlier, actively discouraged me from wanting to listen to this again. Um, Mountain Jam is, is, I mean, I like long songs, but Mountain Jam is just a little too much for me. But then the songs Melissa and Blue Sky and Lil Martha were just, you know, those are just baller bops. And I loved them so much. <laughs> um, I don't really I don't really have too much more to add that would not just echo Nick and Dennis. Um, 
So I give this album a 60. Very nice. You had some kind words. You also had some some real thoughts on that. And I like that you balanced them. And (laughs) (laughs) anyways, Um, so this isn't my favorite Allman Brothers album. Oh, no. Turns out, surprise to it, Brett actually fucking hates this album. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. (laughs) I want to add just real quick. um, Part of, uh, I I just want to bring up how much I love the album cover again. I like it a lot. It's really good. Did that influence your score? A little bit. It makes me, it's it's nice to look at. Grocery store core. Wow. Again. <laughs> um, Sorry. Right. So. Back to Brett. Excellent. Derailment. What is your favorite? Is it the first one? Yes. Yeah. Whipping Post, dude. Yeah. I like Whipping Post. Um, so, but I think this works as a really excellent snapshot of this band at this era. The, the most... Um, I don't know. Th- this album contains every element of their sounds from their classic era, and it's got the, you know, blues, the live jam, the feel good, the country rock, the sweet ballads, uh, and the jazzy stuff. You know, like I, I think it's a really good, um, overall Allman Brothers band album. I think you don't what, think this sounds more like a compilation, uh. I mean, that's why it's not my favorite Almond Brothers album. It is not the most consistent album or even a consistent album. Yeah. Okay. But I still think it's a very, very good album. It's a lot of interesting choices, but they were also, I think, circumstantially in a very interesting time where they probably almost weren't even a band anymore, you know? And I think, I think that the product that they put out has something to do with the fact that they were, I don't want to say scrambling, but they were, I don't know. They, they had to, they had extenuating circumstances that I think made this album turn out the way it did. And I think it could have, I mean, this is a great album. I think this is a very, very great album. I think every song works. I like the 30 minute live jam in the middle. I understand why you wouldn't. Um, but this, this, the band could have gone two ways, and they somehow managed to find a second wind after their leader died, and a lot, you know, they still had a three or four classic albums after this, and this is kind of the turning point, or um, like the keystone in their catalog that I think is a really interesting, really well done. Um, piece of work and i give it a 92 very high rating he likes it a lot i think it's great what's it put it at um well i i don't want to throw it into either the uh since we haven't reviewed enough albums yet i don't want to throw it into the top 10 or the bottom 10 uh (laughs) since we've only done nine albums it is in the top 10 guys both yeah i mean it's (laughs) it's actually right in the middle Oh really? Uh, yeah. So the the uh, average the most ra- average album is it? A, what is it? Yeah, seventy three point five. Yeah, seventy three point okay. five is what we've got. That's a so, fair rating. So I, I mean, it sits at number five for both the bottom ten and the top ten. It's Better than Macho Man? Or no? Wait, wait, no. It it it'll, it'll be uh, sixth for the top ten, fifth for the bottom ten. So 
It is below Pagan's Mine Celestial Entrance. But it's above Macho Man and the Police. It is above Macho Man and the Police and also Tomb Mold. Okay. <laughs> what a weird list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still think that this whole podcast thing was a good idea, but yeah, it's We're just kind of funny. there. Soon we'll have... No, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll have every album on there. This is the shittiest, like, Desert Island music list. It's diverse. It is. Yeah. It's very diverse. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, kind yeah. of. It's all rock. No, it's hip hop. Macho Man. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the worst representation of Novelty, the rap rock it. thing. I'll, uh, I mean, if nobody beats me to it, I'll, well, I guess, I'll, I'll I guess, pick a hip hop album at some point. I guess Greg Allman was right. You know, it is at the bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. It's true. <clears throat> can we, uh, can we get some guessing going? Uh, you guys can get some guessing going. Um, so I like to pick off of the pick prior to mine. So Almond Brothers made me thinking of brothers. Thompson um, Twins. No. What? Okay. I don't know. Nobody's I, a, nobody's a just, brother in that band. Twins are brothers. The Brothers Grimm. That was just uh, the name of the band. Okay. Almond Brothers is just the name of the band. There's two brothers in there. Not on half of this album. That. Okay. The Brothers Grimm with uh, Matt I Damon just like and Keith to, I'm trying to supersede Classic your film. hints. Supersede my hints. Okay. Well. Brothers got me thinking. Ooh, 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 oh, that Irish, the I Would Walk 5,000 Miles. No. What band is that? The Proclaimers, but no. Are they even brothers? <laughs> yes, they're brothers. I don't know. It is not the Proclaimers. Um, I got me thinking. I would not listen to that. I'm I, too, kidding. have a brother who also listens to music. Wow. And he likes some things. Those are some. Some, some uh, in my opinion, questionable things. Betray you? Uh, you're kind of on the right track. No. Oh. Um, but this band also has a pair of brothers as the rhythm section. The drummer and the bass player are brothers. Paramore? It is not Paramore. Uh, this is not technically an emo band, but they kind of get lumped into that. My Jimmy e. Romance? No, neither of those. Taking Back Sunday? No. <laughs> Look at us. Converge. Trying our best. It is not Converge. Converge. I don't uh, know. This is, they started off as like, uh, like kind of like a punk band, but they, they, they kind of. Simple plan. They kind of stunk. No, it's not, it's not simple plan. <laughs> Are you going to say Good Charlotte? Not Good Charlotte. <laughs> uh, they went on to be like a melodic hardcore band and then just kind of went on to like a slightly progressive, like art rock slightly sludgy alkaline trio no but you're you're so close <laughs> you're so close <laughs> um damn what's the band name start with a t a t trivium no just kidding it is one word not not a huge band but this is his favorite band and i i revisited them uh about a year ago turns out they're pretty fucking good is it a band i would know I don't know. They their third album had some like MTV kind of hits, where their music videos were played kind of frequently. But trapped? No, <laughs> not trapped. <laughs> They're not butt rock at all. Uh, I gotta give up. I have no idea. Second letter, H. Oh, thrice. It is thrice. Thrice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm picking thrice's Visu album. Is that the How to Save a Life band? What? No. What's no. The, what that's the fray. That's the, the fray. fray. That's not even close to what this band that's sounds like. That's not the like. same thing at all. I don't know why I thought of that. I thought Thrice was like a Christian rock band. They're not. No, no, they're not. No. They're like, 
this is I'm not I'm 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 not I'm mean, I'm not like too familiar, but I've heard I know some Thrice songs. Like this this album is where they mostly dropped like the post hardcore melodic hardcore sound and they kind of get like alternative rock, like kind of proggy, a little sludgy, kind of progressive at okay. some ports. Some ports? Some ports. All right. Well, that's something different. It's interesting. It's his favorite album of theirs, but it's not my favorite album. But I thought since, you know, it's Brothers. I'll pick my brother's favorite. Check out some Thrice. Every, thrice. Check out some Thrice, everybody. I can't say I've ever heard Thrice, so this will be uh, interesting. We'll listen to it once. We'll listen to it twice. They have a couple of... Uh, Maybe listen to it. Hits. Four or three times. They have a couple hits you might know. Next. <clears throat> what? Sing it. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure you check out this Thrice album called Visu, mm-hmm. and get back with us next time, and we will talk about it also. Okay. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.